0: Welcome to the Gridiron Fantasy Football Podcast today. Today is Sunday, July twelfth, two 2020. I am Chip and I'm your host. Thank you so much for listening. Um, if you're a new listener, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and now we're on iHeartRadio. Uh, you can also watch us on YouTube at Gridiron Fantasy Football. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss another episode. Now, I want to start with this. I wanted to um, kind of thank the ones that are out there that are listening to my podcast. You know, about a month and a half ago, I decided to do this podcast because, you know, if you have been listening to me from the beginning, I practice physical therapy here in Washington state and unfortunately, you know, with the with the pandemic and everything, I had to go on reduced hours. So I haven't been working a full 40 hours every week and you know, I have always had a passion for fancy football and I never really found the right moment to do it. I never found the moment where I could be like, you know what, I have a passion for this, I wanna start this. And, you know, this was the moment where I was like, you know what, back in May, um, I was like, okay, I'm I'm gonna go ahead and and do what I love doing. I love talking about football, I love talking about fancy football, um, all types of sports. Uh, Sometimes my patients get really frustrated with me because I talk to them about sports all the time. and once I find that one patient who really wants to talk about fancy football, I go on and on about. So it's just something I just love talking about. And I think that it was really good for me to be able to do that because it allowed me to finally focus on things I'm passionate about. And even though I do have a career in physical therapy, I just want to do something that really I enjoyed. You know, not saying I don't enjoy my job, but enjoy you know other things outside but where football season is one of my favorite times of the year. Fall, the fall season is one of my favorite times of the year. And I just wanted to finally go ahead and and start this fantasy football channel. So, you know, I only I've only been a month and a half in, and honestly, like it's been a, it's been a slow process. It's been something that I, I sometimes get frustrated with, where I I expected a better success coming out of the you know coming out of the gate. But I know like all this stuff is a marathon. You're never going to start something that's going to be. know, it's gonna blow up right away. So I know as long as you put in the work and you provide good information, the channel will grow. But you know, I've been looking at my analytics for the podcast, for the YouTube channel and everything like that. And I just wanted to thank all my listeners who have been listening to my podcast every single podcast that drops. Um, and right now I'm gonna recognize the top three areas that I've seen the most downloads from and I I do this podcast out of Tacoma, Washington. If you're not familiar with Washington State, you know, Seattle is the big city. And then about 40 minutes south, 45 minutes south is a city called Tacoma. It's another pretty big city. So that's where I practice physical therapy. That's where I live. And so right now, my top three downloads for my podcast are Tacoma, Washington. So everybody who is listening from Tacoma, Washington, I really appreciate that. For my second most downloads is from Puyallup, Washington. So everyone in Puyallup, thank you so much for listening. And then this one's kind of a random one. And I have a listener in France. Uh, and bonjour. So I am grateful that I have somebody in France. And the person that's in France, I don't know who you are, obviously. But thank you so much for listening to my podcast every single time it drops. Um, it means a lot. It means a lot for me to be able to put something out there just a month and a half ago and see that I'm reaching people all over the United States, but also in a different country and all that stuff. So I really don't know how to say this other than thank you so much for being a, a listener to this podcast. And I hope that as we grow, as things um, continue, I'll be able to do a lot more for the listeners. But right now, all I can really do is is give you a, a big thank you. And I hope you continue to like the show. If there's anything that you you know, guys that are listening or women who are listening, want to see more of please let me know because I want to make sure that I'm doing this podcast for you and you guys are getting everything you need from a fantasy football standpoint so thank you so much so right going to that I'm going to go in some of the news that's going on around the NFL this past week and right now Raheem Mostar has requested a trade from the 49ers per his agent uh you know he turned it on you know last year in the playoffs I mean it was crazy what he did in the FC Championship game against the Packers. And then he went on and played in the Super Bowl and everything. And, you know, he Raheem Mostar was going to be a big... There's been, he's been around the fantasy football world as one of those guys that people are choosing to break out. And it's going to be interesting to see what the 49ers do with him. I don't think he gets traded. I think they're just going to keep him. Um, but when you saw Matt Breida get traded to the Dolphins and then you saw, okay... The, the emergence of Raheem Mostar in the in the playoffs and late last season, you're like, okay, this guy is going to be um, a star once he gets that opportunity to be a full-time player. So once Matt Breda left, uh, it felt like, okay, Raheem Mostar, that was his chance. But, you know, the, the 49ers still have Jarek McKinnon. They still have Tevin Coleman. They still have Jeff Wilson. So there are some things in that, you know, running back depth chart that is kind of concerning in the sense of, Will he be a true breakout this year? But you know, we've seen that players that are in Kyle Shanahan's offense at the running back position succeed. He knows how to. He know how he knows how to utilize all of his running backs, and it'll be interesting to see what the market would be for Raheem Mostar when, when or if a, a team actually wants to trade for him. So, just something to keep a, keep an eye on. Just stay tuned to that, and just you know, keep your ears to the ground based on you know Raheem Mostar, and then also this is a weird one for me this is a kind of the change of what's going on in the NFL the NFL has posted or has banned post-game jersey swaps which I don't understand I don't understand why these guys can play three hours on the field you know four quarters tackling hitting each other sweating all these things but then you can't swap jerseys after the game like it just doesn't make any sense to me it's something that I feel like I know the NFL is trying to find ways to mitigate risk and trying to figure out what can we do that's pre-game, post-game that helps mitigate some of the risk for, for the COVID stuff. And I don't know. I know that pro calls are will continue to be involved. I know they're going to continue to come up with new things, but it just seems like these guys are playing a game you know, for so long, tackling and everything, and then you can't allow them to do jersey swaps. Like That don't make any sense, but I, I know that for us to be able to have an NFL season this year, we have to kind of agree to all the things that are taking place um, for us to be able to have, you know, fans in the in the stadiums and players to be safe and all that. But, you know, that's kind of what it is this year. It's, it's going to be a whole different NFL season this year, and we'll see. And lastly, saying that, the Jacksonville Jaguars are reporting that they will see up about 25% of their capacity this season, which may be an increase in attendance to these games. Um, I'm not really sure... Uh, how that's going to look for the Jags, but I do know that you know it's in all seriousness. This is probably going to be the protocol throughout the whole entire year through all the teams because I, they have already had talks where they're going to go ahead and put like tarps on the lower bowl and try to put advertisements and stuff like that to kind of help with some of the revenue. But it'll be interesting to see how they map out how to put fans in the stadium. So it's definitely going to be interesting. Uh, stay tuned to all the news that are, is coming out with the players and the league and itself and all that stuff because every day things are changing. And right now, it's still determined. Like we don't know if the players are actually going to report at the end of the month for training camp. So it's it's all going to be uh, interesting uh, offseason until we actually get to the season and see if there's actually going to a, a season that's going to start on time. So. Just continue to to keep up on the news, and I'll continue to provide that news as I get it and as I see it and and provide it for you all. But right now, today, we are going to talk about... Today, I'm revealing my bounce-back players for 2020. So a bounce-back player can be anybody who obviously was highly ranked last year, who didn't perform to their ADP, to anybody who's coming off injury and stuff like that, because I think every year we have players that we hope for that are going to turn on and break out. And then you draft them at a certain, you know, draft spot and they just don't pan out for you. And then it kind of hurts your whole entire team throughout the season. So right now I'm going to go ahead and go through my quarterbacks. I have two quarterbacks. I got two two players for each position that I'm going to talk about. And right now my first quarterback that I'm going to reveal as my bounce back player for 2020 is going to be Baker Mayfield. You no, know, he ended the season last year as QB 20. He had huge expectations last year, you know, And he just didn't deliver you know he had a good rookie season he he threw for the most rookie passing touchdowns in 2018. you know i had him on my roster in my two quarterback league he was the guy that i had and i played in my championship game and i i'm a big fan of baker mayfield i think he has he's he 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 has the intangibles to be a very good quarterback and so when you saw him last year have obj you know the they had they brought cream hunt but cream hunt didn't really do anything until later on the season after suspension you have David Njoku, you had Jarvis Landry, you had all these players around him. And you're like, okay, this is the season that that Baker Mayfield can be that top five fancy quarterback. And he did have all the weapons last year to, to provide that. And unfortunately, it just didn't happen. I just think there were so much you know inner issues with the team that caused maybe some, some tension that that caused that team to not maybe perform to what you expect, but you think when Freddie Kitchens was the offensive coordinator when he was a rookie and then he becomes the head coach, you don't think there would be much of a fall, you know, fallout in the sense of like make Baker Mayfield's performance. But I do know there's like anything else, defenses are going to scheme for quarterbacks and they're gonna try to take away what he does best. And the thing that was revealing last year to about Baker Mayfield, that he always knew, the, he always rolled right of the formation. So anytime he got in trouble, he always rolled right. So that's what happened with the defenses. They knew that if they push him to the right, they knew they could limit half the field for him. So that's something that I think hopefully he can change in this offseason where Baker Mayfield can see the field, make good decisions. I think he will succeed this year. I think that if you look at what they have, you'll have a healthy OBJ. You add Austin Hooper to the offense. I just think that he's in a, a another position to succeed, and I think that when you add, obviously, when you have a coach like Kevin Stavancy coming in, I really think that that's going to really help Baker Mayfield get what he needs in a sense of coaching, the mechanics, the the right plays, and everything like that. I mean, he just needs to protect the ball a lot better, and he also has the fourth easiest strength of schedule next year. So, I think that really helps him when it comes to fantasy. Looking at what he has strength of schedule wise, and the upside that he does have, I mean, he's he's going to be drafted super late in drafts, and I think that he will he will you know exceed the expectations of where he's drafted. So really look at Baker Mayfield as a, a as a bounce back play for this year. The second player that I have on my on my list is probably a lot of hate for this, but I do think that Philip Rivers is going to have a bounce back season. You know, however, I do think based on last year's performance you know, obviously he has to bounce back. I mean, I think a new beginning was good for him. I think going to an offense that's, it's not the same. I think the Chargers offense is a lot better, but I do think the little things that are better for Phillip Rivers will help him succeed. You know, he was, you know, right now he is being drafted. Like right now he's his ECR is quarterback 24. So he ended the season as the QB 18. Now, like I said before, he doesn't have the talent around him, but he does arguably have the best offensive line. So we know that Phillip Rivers is not a mobile quarterback. And when he gets in trouble, he likes to dump it off to to his running back and the tight end and everything like that. So I do think that having a better offensive line gives him better time and will be able to be the guy that we saw that can be a successful fancy quarterback. Now he's not gonna be it. I don't think I see him as a top 10 guy, but I do think that he's a, a guy that you can stream. He's a guy that, when you look at the talent he has, he has around him, yes, T. White Hilton, who I think is gonna you know have a good season. You add the rookie Michael Pittman, then you have Jack Doyle. I mean, he has a, he has a good tight end. You have two good running backs in Marlon Mack, and then you add Jonathan Taylor to that mix. I mean, he may have more appeal to two quarterback leagues as a value draft pick, but I, I still believe that Frank Wright is gonna do very good with Phillip Rivers. Just like I feel like Kevin Savansky's to do well with with uh, Baker Mayfield, I just think that that was a right offense. When someone goes out and gets someone like Phillip Rivers, like Frank Wright wanted Phillip Rivers. I think there's still something something left in Phillip Rivers where he can be one of those quarterbacks where you can you can play. If you're in a two-quarterback league, he may not be an every week quarterback for you, but he's definitely a streamer. He's definitely somebody you can add and to your bench and just have him as depth, whatever. Uh, more in a in more like i said, no more in a two quarterback league, but I think that he he'll have a better season than qB where he's getting back where he's getting drafted as q b twenty four now onto my running backs, my first running back bounce back player I have is david Johnson. you know this has been the weirdest rise and fall for an elite running back, i think, you know, in a while where I feel like David Johnson is so talented where for some reason he just didn't click in the offense last year he which was weird because he started the season pretty good. I mean, he averaged twenty PPR points weeks one through six. So when you see someone doing pretty well and you know in the beginning of the season, all of a sudden he just continues to not get played. They traded for Kenyon Drake, and all these things happen. It's like David Johnson was like the gold mind of pickups when he was a rookie, and then his second season. I mean, it was it's crazy to kind of see a guy that's so talented and still is talented not be used in the way he was out of nowhere because I know, I know he had some injuries last year as well, but weeks to one through six, he was a stud running back and all of a sudden he ended the season. Um, and then he ended the season, not really doing much obviously. And then he gets traded to, to Houston. So I think that's where the benefit is. He's going to go to Houston and I think he can be a lead again. I think the Houston Texas are going to utilize him Like he's always been known to be utilized. I mean, I know he's 28, but I think he still can be a workhorse running back. I still think that he has the talent. I mean, he's a dual threat. He's a, obviously he's a great runner and he's a great receiver. So I think that you add that to the offense and when they lose Jalondre Hopkins, David Johnson could benefit from that. So I think that with him being able to do two things well as running back and receiver, it's it's gonna be a good thing for him. I feel like he'll have that bounce back season. Um, I know they still have Duke Johnson. Duke Johnson is a, uh, pass catching running back as well but I honestly don't think there's any reason to take David Johnson off the field if he's healthy and he's striving on offense like I I can see David Johnson being the running back and not and never coming off the field and Duke Johnson coming in just for you know change of pace type of plays but I I still think David Johnson going to Houston will let him become a workhorse running back which will obviously make his his fancy value go up so I do think that David Johnson is a bounce back candidate. And just like David Johnson, my second running back, I have Todd Gurley. I mean, just like David Johnson, right? Gurley has a new home in Atlanta. Gurley, ha- Gurley was a beast in 2017, 2018. I mean, he went from going from the Jeff Fisher offense to going to Sean McVay and completely changed how he was utilized. And we saw just what everything Todd Gurley can do. He's one of my favorite running backs. And obviously, there was something going on last year with him in LA, like, I don't know if it was the knee. I mean, he injured his knee, he had an ankle issue. Then the scheme. I don't know if there was any beef within like the team, whatever, but it just seemed like last year was very weird to see him underutilized. And we don't know, I mean, was it his knee? Was it his ankle? Was it, you know, what was the purpose for it? Like, it's just, it's so weird to see a guy that was a monster for two straight years not be used much last year, I mean. Uh, but we will find out this year how much he has left in the tank how much his knee will hold up I mean he takes over for for Devante Freeman over in Atlanta which was very good in the Falcons offense when he was healthy so you know Gurley did still end last year as the RB 14 and he had 14 total touchdowns so the touchdowns were there he just didn't have the production like he did on the with rushing and receiving so I do think Todd really is undervalued. I do think that people are going to overlook him. And I think the same as like Le'Veon Bell too. I think Le'Veon Bell gets kind of overlooked. But I do think that, I mean, there's no one else to get the ball in Atlanta when it comes to rushing. I mean, he was, he's going to get all the touches in Atlanta, I mean, more than he can handle. The issue is will he be able to hold up with all the touches he will get. Now going on to my wide receiver bounce back players. My number one receiver candidate for bounce back season is Odell Beckham Jr. Now, OBJ was dealing with a hip and hernia injury last year. He wasn't, we obviously saw that he wasn't able to play to the lead level that we're accustomed to. I mean, this is something we've dealt with with OBJ through his whole career that he, he just can't stay on the field for a whole season. But it did finally make sense on why he wasn't doing well. I mean, we, we had no idea that he was dealing with some, any type of injury. And then after the season, it, it all made sense. We're like, okay, he's dealing with a sports hernia and all that stuff. And that that to me makes me feel like okay if he if OBJ is healthy well he's obviously going to be he should be the top target for the Cleveland Browns so I think for him it's it's obvious he can be a bounce back player and he's going to be under drafted too you know last year he had 103 he had 133 targets and 25 percent of the target share second to Jar- Jarvis Landry so Jarvis Landry obviously was from a target share and standpoint he was. Behind like OBJ was behind Landry, but OBJ did lead the league or lead the team in air yards. So I do think that this year he's gonna to have to be more efficient. Because I think with the addition of Austin Hooper, you have Kareem Hunt the whole season, he will see a dip in targets, I believe. But I do think that he could be more efficient um with the with the targets he does get. So hopefully you know, he'll get more red zone targets. Hopefully he'll get more red zone touchdowns to make up for the fact that he's not going to get the targets. So if he can stay healthy, he definitely will be of value at where you'll draft him. And I have no reason to believe that he cannot be a a wide receiver one next season. So we'll definitely see. But I think Kevin Stavansky will do a lot of things to get him moving around to get get him the ball. And so I think OBJ is going to be a very good pick next year. And then my second receiver I have, you know, I have Juju Smith Schuster. It definitely was a disappointment last year to see Juju have a bad season. I mean, everyone had all this hype around him. And I know that the offense was awful without Big Ben. I know he dealt with he dealt with the knee, a toe injury, a concussion. Just too many things happening to someone at once to you know, especially to someone who's trying to prove that they don't need A B to be successful. And I do think Juju is an elite receiver. I think this year you see that. I think that when you have a roster where you you have someone like Jate Johnson, who everyone wants to kind of also add as a breakout candidate. You know, you have you have James Washington, you have you know you have Chase Claypool. You added the free agent Eric Ebron. I don't know. I just think that we're gonna see Juju come back and be that breakout guy. Now, I say that to say this is that we need to see Big Ben healthy. If Big Ben is healthy. I do believe that this is where Juju, you know, value comes from. So if if we saw last year with all the quarterback changes that the Pittsburgh Steelers had, it definitely limited Juju. So hopefully, Big Ben if Big Ben stays healthy the whole entire season, I can't see why Juju can't be a fringe like wide R- 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 receiver one next year. So really look at that as as a guy that you can get later on your draft as a value too. Now for my tight end position, uh, my number one tight end I have is Evan Ingram. I know that this seems like an odd pick to most people uh, due to his current ADP right now. He's ranked somewhere between like six and eight, depending on what rankings you're looking at. But however, I, I mean, I think what I said earlier in the podcast is that injuries to players and when they don't perform to the level you expect them the year before, I do think that that, that gives you a reason to be a bounce back player. I think that as long as you're able to come back and be fancy relevant from the year that you were before prior that I do believe that allows you to be a a candidate for being a, you know, a bounce back player. So based on the 2019 stats, I mean, he had 44 receptions for 68 targets on 68 targets and he had 467 yards and three touchdowns. And that was, and that was only in the nine games that he played. I mean, he got injured. So we, we didn't see what he could have done throughout the whole entire season, but he did tie. He was tied for the, the most targets or the target share, of the New York Giants. He had 22% of the target share. So that, to me, obviously shows that he's going to be utilized in the offense. We know that Ingram is talented. We know that he can be elite. We've seen it every year that he's been in the league so far. But the problem is he just can't stay healthy. So when he's on the field, he's a mismatch. It's no no doubt. And last year, he was having another good year when he was scoring double duty PPR points seven out of the nine games. So when you see what he was doing, I mean... He's relevant in in, in in PPR leagues and fantasy. It's just he just it's hard for him to stay healthy. So when you when you look at that, you know, and then you look at can he see a reduction in targets? Can you see other players like Golden Tate? You see obviously you got Barkley. Are these guys going to take a lot of the targets away from Ingram? Possibly. But I do think like when he's on the field, it's hard not to play him. There's always a chance that he's gonna have a good game. So he is risky due to durability, but I think that if he stays healthy, he's gonna have another. He's gonna have a bounce back season. And finally, my last tight end and last player for my from on my list, I have Chris Herndon. So, Chris Herndon was he had a productive rookie season. He's a tight end for the New York Jets, and in 2018, he had a very good season. You know, he was on analysts' like list last year for being a breakout, but. A suspension and injuries derailed the breakout but in 2018 he was the tight end 16. he was fourth on the team in target share his average depth of target was 11 yards so that means that they use him they they utilize him down the field stretching the field he was third on the team in air yards and he plays 62 percent of the offensive snaps so now Robbie Anderson is now in Carolina right so I can see Herndon being one of Darnold's main targets I mean only people that are coming back from last season as any familiarity with Darnold is Jamison Crowder and Chris Herden. So I think early in the season, you're going to see that chemistry there. And I know that with, you know, Brashawn Perriman and you, you know, they add Mims as the as the other rookie receiver. I think to take time for these guys to get adjusted. So I do think that, you know, if there's a preseason, really look at how the New York Jets use Chris Herden. In, and this could be a guy that you could pick up early in the season that I can see Chris Herden being a, a early season waiver wire claim. So just uh, just see how things are being used with him. See how he's read up on some reports on on training camp and if there's a preseason and what he does in the preseason. Just but Chris Herndon is a definitely a guy that I can see being a, a bounce back candidate. So that's it. So those those are my my bounce back candidates. I think that uh, it's it's interesting to go through this list and kind of see exactly what players I decided to choose from. But you know these are guys that. You know, are going to be value picks in your draft. So look at the list. If there's a list, you know, there's other players that you want to bring up, just let me know. But um, but yeah. So thank you so much for listening today. Please like, comment, and share. Um, next episode, I will be discussing my undervalued players for 2020. But so please don't hit subscribe so you don't miss another episode. Um, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at the Gridiron Pod and on Instagram at Gridiron Fantasy Football. That's it for today. Have a great day and we'll see y'all in the next episode. Take care.